Welcome to another episode of Running My Damn Mouth with J.O. And I am J.O. a.k.a. Jimmy Owens. Back for another episode. Last episode, I got feedback. I got good feedback. You know, I did the episode about the two faces of politicians. And, you know, a lot of people were feeling what I'm saying. Said it kind of made sense. And things like that. Then other people were like, yeah, that could be true, but you should still vote for that ticket. You know, the ticket of Biden and Harris. I personally said I can't do it, but anybody that that does do it, I understand. I mean, that's your right. That's your civic right. Not only is voting a civic, a civic, a civic right, man, voting is a it's a right given to you by birth, man, by birth. Like, if, once you get of age, every citizen of a nation should have the right to vote just by birth. So, vote. Vote for whoever you want to. That's, voting is the foundation and the bedrock of democracy. But back to what I was saying, some people didn't like what I was saying on that episode. And that's good. Keep it coming, man. Because conversations ain't going to do nothing but spark us. To hold those people's feet to the fire. You know what I mean? We're going to hold those people's feet to the fire. And even if you still vote for them, you, you make them give you what you need. You they boss. Remember, the one that cast the vote and pay the taxes is the boss. That's the boss. Remember, we, we the people are the bosses. All right? But on this episode, I'm going to go to the other side of the aisle, though. Because people might think I was taking shots at Democrats. I'm going to the other side of the aisle. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, you know, I'm an I'm a equal opportunity customer, man. I'm, I'm giving, you the way, giving you the facts or giving you the things the way I see them. I ain't taking nobody's side. So we're going to the other side. This episode... I think I don't really come up with titles to episodes. You know what I mean? I kind of come up with an idea. And as I go, I kind of attach a title to it. So you might hear me say that something should be entitled this, and then you see it somewhere else and it's titled something else. But I think this is going to be entitled The Trump Takeover. Get down or lay down. I mean, on this episode, we're going to talk about Republicans. Not really Trump so much, but Republicans. You know, and I mean establishment Republicans that have, have forged the whole career, built the whole career based on principles and morals of the conservative ideology platform now my job ain't to agree or disagree with the platform or the ideology but what i what i do like what i think need to happen is when you come out on the platform or ideology you stick with it and you stick with those principles and those morals in the face of everything else because remember i told you the constituents are the bosses the people on Main Street, remember, my podcast, Running My Damn Mouth with J.O., 
We on Main Street. So with that being said, we the bosses, man. We put the people in the office. So when we put people in the office, we want people to stay true to the platforms and the ideologies in which they received our votes. You know what I mean? So no matter who's in the over office, no matter how the how the political shuffle of the legislative branch come and go every two years is a midterm. The midterm followed by presidential election, midterm presidential election. Every two years we recycling people in and out of Washington. And those people that have the privilege of staying more than one cycle Meaning the constituents say, hey, I like what you're doing. Keep on doing it. Or build upon that in, in which you are doing. So today we're looking at Republicans. And we're going to call some of them out by name. Not only are they Republicans, they call themselves stewards. Of the conservative ideology. Alright. Now we're not going into what that means. I mean do that on your own time. Liberal, conservative, moderates. Do that on your own time. We, we, we not nitpicking that. It don't really mean that anyway. People use these words and define them the way they want to define them. Each of these words has interchangeable and differing definitions. From day to day, sun up, sun down. All right. So, but here's the thing. I have been taken aback by Republicans that who have built a lifetime in Washington, as I said, that have supported the rhetoric and the childish behaviors of Donald Trump. And some may even call them Call it bigamous, white supremacist behavior of Donald Trump. Um, We're not going that far to call what it is or what it ain't. But we know it's inappropriate, unbecoming of holding the highest land, the highest office, my bad, not the highest land, the highest office in the land. Okay. So these people who represent states and districts around the world, not around the world, I'm sorry, I'm kind of tired, y'all. Not around the world, but around the country. And many of these people who, who are perennial members of Congress, meaning, you know, have won more than one or two terms in that seat, have put up with and by default of not speaking out have supported the ridiculous behavior of the man that occupied the over office. And what I'm getting at today is that for some reason Trump who prior to him taking the office 
In 2016, where he took the office in January 2017, Trump was seen by a lot of these people as just a reality TV show host, a buffoon, a madman, a clown. Now, four years later, Trump has his hand around the neck of the Republican Party and those that practice the conservative ideology. Now, here it's worth noting that any time, at any given time, the most powerful man and more times than not the most popular man of any major political party is the man or woman, but in America case, we haven't got to the woman side of it yet, but it's coming. The man that occupied the White House. And the reason that is, is because in Congress and Senate, there's over 435 members. That the last time I checked, 100 senators, two from each state. And the last time I checked, it was 435 representatives representing districts around the United States of America. That number may have changed. Um, so it's easier to get a consensus about doing something when there's a body of one. Remember in the executive branch, there's only the president. Yeah, you got the vice president and you got the cabinet members, you know, the heads of different departments and organizations that makes up the executive branch. But the buck stops with the president. He can hire you and fire you anybody in that in those cabinet positions. You know what I mean? The vice president serves at the pleasure of the president. You know what I mean? You there have been times when presidents have got rid of vice president. Like going from one term to the second term. So what I'm saying is, that's the reason the president got so much power. There's nobody he has to go to to get consensus in the party. Now, do he work with the people on Capitol Hill? Those 435 plus members on Capitol Hill? Of course. That, they are the people that do the lab work to push his agenda. But remember though now, if I'm the head of the house and you work for me and you refuse to push my agenda, I mean, I do everything in my power to get you, to get you up, up out of here. You have to leave this house. And that's what you see when Trump is on the campaign trail for these Republicans in various what they call down ballot elections. Governors, senators, representatives, even some mayoral races. That's what you're saying. Trump lends his support because he's the most powerful man in that position. And with that being said, what we're going to look at today is that these people, what I say, they sell their soul. To stay in good graces with the man at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, i.e. the president, Donald Trump. And 
in that in that stand loyal to the boss, to the fictitious boss, they neglect the real bosses, the real people that pay them. Me, you, Main Street, Main Street. And these Republicans, I mean, some of these Republicans we're going to talk about today, man. They've been around for decades in that Washington elite crowd. And they have been telling you and I that they've been working on behalf of the people that, that identify with the Republican class. Slash conservative parties. No, that ain't what they're doing now. I've never seen in my life where the people neglect the people, neglect where the people on Capitol Hill neglect the people on Main Street at such a rate, in such a fashion. As they are doing right now to stay in good graces with Donald Trump. I have a list right here in front of me right now of representatives and senators that have either lost. Lost upcoming races and lost their incumbent seats, or they get in line and play ball with Trump. You know what I mean? They 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 get in line. They get down or they lay down. Because when Trump, I mean, let's take okay, let's jump in it. Jeff Sessions, who was the first member of Congress. Or the first senator to endorse Trump back in 20, I think this was uh, 2016 or 2015, the run up to the election. You know, Trump rewarded him. You know, you, you, hey, you look, when Trump got in office, Trump rewarded him. You look out, you look out for the family. You know what I mean? If you look out for the family, the dying gonna look out for you. Y'all know how it go. Y'all know how I go. So Sessions, Sessions, Jeff Sessions, I mean, he, he looked out for the boss. Put his name out there. He got a good name in conservative circles, whether you like it or not. He put his name out there for the boss. So what did the boss do when the boss got in office? Man, y'all know, y'all, I, I love mob movies. And I love mob stories. That's a passion of mine. You know what the boss do once you take one for them, once you help the family out, man. We're gonna, we're gonna, you're a made man now. You made. So what he did for Jeff Sessions, made in the top cop, the AG, Attorney General, top cop, the boss of everybody at the Justice Department, big dog. Okay. What was happening in line at the same time, right? What was happening? That Russia probe was started with Bob Mueller. You know, they was putting it together. They was 
starting to subpoena people, starting to talk to people, starting to get their positions. Okay. So Sessions did what we the people pay him to do. He recused himself from the case. He recused himself from the case. Why? Because he was in line with the Trump organization and Donald Trump pre-president Donald Trump. Meaning presidential candidate Donald Trump. Meaning he know where the bones buried. But, but... He recused himself. He was like, look, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't step away because I know these people. That ain't what Trump wanted. Trump, Trump was like, yeah, you come in here and you get in there and you cause disruption. Man, look, you block everything that needs to be blocked. You know where it's at. I mean, I, when you see something you think wrong, you call my number personally, man. Look, this man is investigating the family, man. How is he investigating the family and you part of the family and you, you going to let him do this? Mm-mm. Trump wasn't having that. Trump wasn't having that. So what happened? So what happened? Trump ends up, you know him and Jeff Sessions started having a rocky relationship. So ends up, I mean, Sessions pretty much. Have to resign. I don't know if he resigned or he got let go. They weren't in the same these days. Resign and let go when you work with Trump is the same thing. But so he went against Trump. And what happened? Jeff Sessions thought he was going to go back and get his old job back. Because that 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 Senate seat now is up for re-election because you remember... That's the seat that Doug Jones, the Democrat, took in the special election from the guy, Roy, I can't remember his name, the pedophile guy that was accused of misconduct and call it what it is, statutory rape, molestation of young ladies in his younger life. The Republican that was going to win the seat until all this came out. Doug Jones, a Democrat, won that seat that was primarily held by Republicans. I think Sessions had that seat since the late, since the mid-80s. So it's time for that seat to come up now. They just went through a primary a couple of weeks ago in Alabama. What did Trump do? Trump said, hey, you remember... What you did to me, right? You remember what you did to me? You didn't help me out when I needed your help. So Trump endorsed the man that Sessions was running against, who is Tommy Tuberville. Any of y'all know something about um, college football? He used to be the head football coach at Auburn. All of the Auburn Tigers down in Auburn, Alabama. He actually led them to some pretty good seasons. Huh? If I'm not mistaken, they had one or two undefeated seasons. And I don't know if they played for a national championship or not, but they were playing the BCS Bowl games. So that guy who have no political experience, 
never ran for office because I just told you he was a football coach by tr- training and profession. Trump endorsed that guy. Just what happened in the primaries or the runoffs for that seat. Tommy Tuberville, who brought Trump down, who I just told you was the head of the party, the boss of the family, the de facto Don, went down and got no votes to vote against a guy they've been knowing for generations. Jeff Sessions was, if I am mistaken, he used to be the attorney general of Alabama before he became a senator of Alabama, meaning those constituents knew Jeff Sessions. They kept voting for him, so he had to be lining, lining himself with that in which they want, wanted to be represented. Now they took a novice, a novice, Tommy Tupperville, that ain't never represented nobody, ain't never ran p- political office, and now he'll go, he gonna be the Republican that's on the ballot, that's gonna run against that same Doug Jones that kinda got his Senate seat um, because of mishap, because of scandal. So that seat is up for play, and I'm going to be the first one to tell you, Doug Jones in trouble. <laughs> Doug Jones in trouble. Anybody know something about this, this Bible Beltway down here in the South? <laughs> we Republican, man. We red. Very rarely do these seats turn. Every now and then they turn. Not really. So what I'm saying is getting back to the meat and potatoes around here is that Jeff Sessions, a respected Republican and conservative that have held office for numerous of years, good, bad, and different, went against Trump, and not only did he get fired for being the top cop in the United States, which is the Attorney General, over the Department of Justice, he went back and tried to get his old job, down in Alabama, and because Trump went down there and robbed them people up, he ain't eligible for that job no more. The ballot, the ballots came back ineligible. You can't have this job. You went against who? Trump. So that's what I'm saying. Trump got a stronghold over these people. Trump, who was a novice when it came to politics. Prior to 2016, got his hand around this conservative base and ideology in the Republican Party, the GOP, Grand Old Party, and he running it the way he want to run. I got a list here. Just look at a list of people that was incumbents, right? Who lost their jobs because they either spoke out. Now, here's the thing I want you to know. I think it's absolutely right to speak out and do the right thing and represent your true bosses. Who are who are the true bosses? Me and you, Main Street. So let's keep that as the basis when you hear me talk about this. I am not 
criticizing Jeff Sessions for having a little moral decency. And saying, no, I'm going to recuse myself. I know where the bones are buried. I'm not going to sway this election. I'm going to let this take the democratic process of having a special counsel and having an investigation and letting the bones fall where it may. That is what need, needed to be done. But you see what that was? What that turned out to be? Political suicide. Right? Jeff Sessions don't got a job, man. At least not a cushy job like a senator or the AG. Now he got to go back to the private sector like you and I. You know, he got to go back out here and pound the pavement. Now he might not going to have to pound it. But it ain't up in Washington. I got a list of people here that have spoke out against Trump. And they, they was forced to resign. Retire, or they was forced to, or they lost their re-election bids. Okay, first we got Senator Bob Coker of Tennessee. He was one of the ones that spoke up, and if I am mistaken, he was the one that said Trump was unfit, kind of possessed, kind of out of his mind. I think he ended up retiring or losing his seat. You spoke up against the boss. You went against the family. Why did you go against the family? Ah, you went against the family? You can't have it. So now he don't got a job. Jeff Flakes. Out in, out in Arizona. Same thing. He in now I remember him. He said he wasn't gonna run for re-election. He wasn't gonna seek re-election. Cause he already knew what happened. Remember, not only do you gotta get not only do you gotta get your constituents to vote you back in, who Trump happened to be very, 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 very popular with the base. Right? You got to get reelected by them people. But then remember, you got a job where 435 people get to vote on damn near every issue. There's 435 votes. Remember, Trump don't have to get the consensus of nobody in his office. He runs it. He's the executive. Now, he do need help, as I said. To push his agenda, but uh, he ain't really he he really can play it the way he want to play it. That's the presidency. So these two men that we talking about, Jeff Flake, Bob Coker, well three men, and Jeff Sessions, all went against the will of Donald Trump. All of them today. All of them are retired or looking for other other employment outside of the federal government of, of the United States government, you know, i.e. the Senate. Why? They went against Trump. So I'm saying we do have a few people that go against Trump 
and they pay the ultimate price. But here's my problem is, I started this by trying to look and see why haven't more people made that sacrifice? Because if I can't do my job with goodwill, because I know the head of this party is not conducting himself the way he should conduct himself, then I'm going to speak out about it. Because sometimes, even if the voters vote for Trump, sometimes those you put those people in office because they understand a little bit more than you understand. They understand what you need and how to get what you need more than you do. That's why we put these people in Washington. These people in Washington, because we believe that they can get us what we need. They represent us. They're our voices. And sometimes, even like as parents, you know what your kids want, but you give your kids what they need. You, and So I know even though Trump is very popular with these people in these, in these areas, Tennessee, Arizona, Alabama, that's not going to get the voters that's not going to get them exactly what they need. Because Trump is leaving people out to dry. So when these people speak out about it, it's because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Speaking out and getting past the emotional feel of Trump and telling their constituents, look, he's he not leading us the right way. Although y'all love him. He not leading us the right way. And that's political suicide, guys. That's political suicide. So, those people spoke out. Then you got other people that, because they like they cushy jobs that they didn't have 15, 20, 25, 30 plus years. And at one point, these people were seen as honorable people. That don't mean you believe in what they believe in. That just means they were solid human beings, right? Now Trump get in there, and I don't even know what these people stand for. Let's start talking about him. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham ran for president when Trump ran for president. He said there was no way this man to get in. This is a crazy man. How dare him say these things and do these things? Once Trump get neglected, Lindsey Graham has got down. He didn't lay down. He got down. Now him and Trump is buddies. They chum me now. Now, now Lindsey Graham, no witnesses. What he did, what is not impeachable. No witnesses around here. This, that, the third. Look back at the Bill Clinton impeachment. And wasn't it Lindsey Graham that saying we can't have a real trial without witnesses in the Clinton impeachment? Okay. So we need, so now we need. So now we need witnesses to a man's personal life, right? 
Nothing he did to put the country in danger. Nothing he did. I mean, he, he, he the only the people he hurt right here was Hillary and Chelsea, and maybe other people, but not the country as a whole. But we wanted witnesses. But when a man is accused of doing a quid pro quo, meaning something for something. Quit pro quo. Something for something with a foreign state. A sovereign foreign, I mean a sovereign foreign state. The Ukraine. That same Lindsey Graham said, I don't think, well, everything wasn't right, but it's not impeachable, and we don't need to hear from nobody. You know why? Because Lindsey Graham stopped working for the people of South Carolina. And started working for Donald Trump. Why? He's up for re-election right now this year. And in that Senate race, if I'm not mistaken, which is primarily has always been conservative, there's a black guy that he's running up against, and forgive me, for not having the black guy's name, that it looks real good. Now, do I think the black guy is going to win? No, but we're starting to make tangible change. Cracks in the armor. Cracks in the armor of these districts and these states. But, well, I think when you become a politician, it's just like the calling to become a minister. Or a teacher, meaning there's something inside of you. There's something inside of you that you was called to do this, and it ain't just something you're doing to get a paycheck. It's something you're doing to to produce a positive change for those you're teaching, those you're representing, right? So you gotta kind of have a calling. When you're a minister, you hear ministers. You know, I grew up Southern. I grew up Southern Baptist down, down here in Atlanta. And we be talking. I used to always hear my pastor saying he know the day he got the calling. He know he know the day he got the calling, and he he took up his cross. He got the calling, took up his cross, and followed the Lord. That's kind of like what a politician is. You get that calling because now you acting on behalf of people with no voice. United States is a representative republic. Meaning, everybody can't have a voice that can be heard on every bill. So what we do is we send people from our states, from our districts, to the meeting place, which is Capitol Hill. And tell them, look, do what's in my best interest. You know what I want. You know what I need. So do 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 what I need you to do. But these people not doing that. They're doing what Trump need them to do. So Lindsey Graham, who have went on many trips to war zones to talk to the troops. He himself, if I'm not mistaken, 
It's a Vietnam vet, so we commend him for that. Any man or woman put their uniform on and scrap them boots up, especially those that they put boots in foreign lands. It take a man to do that. It take a woman to do that. And if you ain't a man or a woman, before you do that, I damn sure guarantee you, you're going to come back a man or a woman. War as hell, ladies and gentlemen. Don't look at that romanticized shit on TV. I've talked to vets. I got vets in my family that put them boots on the ground, man. War as hell. So I ain't going to rob a man. Of, I ain't going to rob that man of his dignity. He done put boots on the ground. He know what it's about. Anybody do that as a man. That's a man or a woman. But look, all this dignity and character of Lindsey Graham, now he been a fucking flunky for Donald Trump. Come on, man. What I'm saying is that means we're going to lose our seat to keep our dignity and our integrity to the people that's our bosses? Then so fucking be it. So fucking be it. Man got to have his dignity and integrity. That God's a man. A man got to have his compass. Meaning every man and woman got to know which way is true north. You got to have a moral compass to make it in this world, man. Lindsey Graham gave his up. He don't know what true north at no more, ladies and gentlemen. He don't know what true north at no more, ladies and gentlemen. That don't mean ain't no good, in it? That just mean he don't know where true north at. Then we got other people like old Rudy Giuliani. Now, most people I know don't agree with the practices and the stances of Rudy. But, but Rudy wasn't, Rudy wasn't, I mean Rudy, Rudy was a man that lived a life of dignity, a, man, a life of prestige. His resume preceded him. As attorney general, Rudy was the one that kind of weeded out organized crime up in New York City. One of the, as the attorney general of New York, well, not the attorney general, but he was the um, U.S. U.S. Attorney of the Southern District of New York. Now, I don't know if he was the Attorney General of New York or not, but I know at that time he was the U.S. Attorney to the Southern District of New York. All the big mob cases, the big corruption cases come through the Southern District when you're in New York, when you're in New York City. Giuliani, before he became mayor of New York, was on that team that got rid of John Gotti them. You remember John Gotti was the dapper Don, they called him the Teflon Don because they had taken the trial for five times and cut shit stick to him. Rudy got it. Rudy put the team together to get to get Julian. That's a man of dignity right there. You know what I mean? That's that's a dignified man. And then after that, Rudy, with unquestionable practices and things in New York, he, for all intents and purposes, intents and purposes, he ran under law and order 
in New York City and turn, turn the city around a little bit. That don't mean everybody like him, but everybody ain't gonna like the, everybody ain't gonna like the, the man, the man and a woman in charge. That ain't about being like this. About me doing what's right. 9-11, if I ain't mistaken, Giuliani was the mayor of New York City. I mean, I was proud seeing him up there stand firm, down at ground zero. Like, yeah, they got us, but we're going to rebuild. We still New York strong. We still USA. They ain't broke us, and they, they going to pay for this. Oh, boy, and they paid for this. They paid. I mean, it took a long time, but... We got the guy. So they said we got it. <laughs> That's a different story for a different day. Stay in tune for that one. But what I'm saying now, flash forward, fast forward. Now, and Giuliani is the personal attorney to Donald Trump. And he running back channels. He running back channels to the Ukraine for Donald Trump to get information on Joe Biden to give him a leg up in the very election cycle that we in right now. So the man of honor that got rid of corruption in New York City Brown down one of the biggest mob bosses, John Gotti, and crumpled the Gambino crime family. Who John Gotti represented? The Gambino crime family, if I ain't mistaken. One of the five powerful families in organized crime still to this day in the United States. He brought them to their fucking knees. That same motherfucker running back channels to the Ukraine. Engaging in corrupt activities. Come on, man. These folks selling their soul for Trump. You hear me? These folks selling their soul for Donald Trump, man. So now you got two types of conservatives here. One's got to stand up and speak and commit political and suicide and career suicide of those that going to throw away everything that made them the people that they are. Or so we thought and got, dang, get behind the president. Remember, man, when Trump get out of office, he's going back to the Trump organization where he's been making money at, man. He already got something done. Donald Trump ain't going to get nobody to get him a job. Donald Trump, whether he win or lose in November, if he wins, he'll go four more years. If he lose, he'll get out go back to work, making millions of dollars a year. But the other guys, right? Giuliani, Sessions, well, Giuliani, Graham, they ain't made a whole lot of money. They probably not rich. They probably trying to cash in, right? Or hold on to that little bit they do have for all the hard work they think they done done throughout their career. 
So they ain't going to commit suicide. They just commit more suicide. They, they, they sell their soul to the Grim Reaper. Trump is the Grim Reaper, guys. And when the Grim Reaper come, you either going to give him your soul or he going to take it. If you give it to him, he let you, he let you stick around. If he take it, he going he to take it and send your ass back home, send you to purgatory. Jeff Sessions, Flake, and my guy up in Tennessee, Coker. <laughs> Either way it go, Trump going to win. He winning. But what I'm saying is we got to take the high road. Do the right thing, even if it means committing political suicide. There's only one way you can speak out against Trump, right? And be a Republican, right? And still keep your seat and Trump not mess with you, right? There's a couple Republicans that have done it. If you're one of those Republicans, right, you got to have certain things in your, in your favor, Right? Like Liz Cheney, Dick Cheney daughter in Wyoming. She speak out about Trump against Trump all the time. You ain't probably ain't never heard Trump mention her name. Why? Because her daddy Dick Cheney. Not only because of her daddy, Cheney then built the political dynasty out of Wyoming. That lady ain't gonna lose her job. That lady before her dad, her daddy was a representative to that state before he did other things and then ended his career as the vice president. He got clout. She got, and she didn't build her political clout. So if you come from a political dynasty, right? You know why that is? Because Trump want to be a boss. What do bosses recognize? Bosses recognize bosses. Dick Cheney is a boss in the Republican Party. Probably not now, but he built a legacy in the Republican Party. Now his daughter, now his daughter running the family business, which is representing Wyoming. Trump ain't messing with her. No, that's political royalty. That's conservative royalty. Trump ain't messing with that lady, man. Trump don't want that kind of, he don't want that smoke. That's the only way you can speak out about Trump, keep your seat, don't worry about having to retire or lose your election. It's by, you already got to come from people that was established before you, political dynasties. Now, you ain't got to be the big political dynasties. You just need to be a political dynasty in your area. So we ain't talking about the Bushes or the Kennedys. You know, or the Cuomo's. You just got to be a big dynasty, and maybe not the Cuomo's to that, to that extent, even though they, they are a dynasty. I mean, two people from the same man may have been governor of New York, but the Bushes and the Kennedys did it on the national scene over decades and decades. But if you align 
with a political family that's seen as a heavyweight in a particular state or area, you can take Trump on. Trump ain't trying, it's just like the five families in New York, y'all. Five families really ain't trying to beef with each other. They all just want to stay in their lanes. At least that's the way it was set up. They all just stay in their lane and go get this money, man. So that what Trump ain't gonna mess with with Liz Cheney. No, he don't want he don't want no problems. He don't want no problems. Then we got other other people too. And uh and with Cheney, Liz Cheney stuff, she didn't like she come out and talk, man. Let me say that too. I mean, not only do she oppose them, like she 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 opposed the troop reduction in Germany and Syria. Like she didn't came out and spoke out against them. Trump don't want that smoke. Cause she got she got that power behind her. She got that legacy behind her. And all that mean people, she got that money, that political money and that political capital behind her. And she telling Trump, Trump, you don't want these bones, baby. You don't, you don't, you don't want this, Trump. And you know what? Trump don't want that, ladies and gentlemen. And then people like Mitt Romney. He he talked bad about Mitt, but he can't stop Mitt. Now, Mitt is more on that. Mitt come from a political family, too. His daddy was the governor of Michigan. But Mitt, Mitt got money. He done already been the governor of what that Massachusetts. Now he's a senator of Utah. Like Trump can't do none of that, man. He not scared of Trump. He speak out against Trump. But it can't, Trump can't mess with that man. That man that kind of built himself into a self-made politician. Plus he got money, so. I mean, which y'all gonna vote me out of office? I got money. You see what I mean? So, these people talk out against Trump, and because of who these people is and who they align with, Trump don't say that back to them, and they ain't worried about losing their seat. There's another senator, Senator Lisa Murkowski. I hope I'm saying your name right, Senator, um, of Alaska. I think her daddy was a governor of Alaska for a whole lot of, for a few, a couple times, and then he was a, he was a long-term senator out of Alaska, political capital, political dynasty. Trump don't want these problems. We didn't build machines over you. See, these other people... They've been sitting up for years and years, but they ain't built no machines, y'all. They ain't built no machines. So, I mean, Trump know who to go after of and who not to go after Go after And what's happening is the people that he do go after after, the people he do get behind, he, he chasing Make change their minds. The problem is that these people either got to align with what Trump got going on or they got to run with their tail between their legs and get out of Dodge. 
So what's right and what's wrong here? I know what's right and what's wrong. You should always do what's right to represent the people in your constituents. The, your constituents. That's what's right. That's what's right. But these politicians going to Washington to feed their own greed, their own political agendas, and they sitting up for years and years and making our money and ain't doing shit on Main Street. Even though people I said political heavyweights that's not worrying about losing their seat, they've been in office for years and years, they're not doing shit either. I'm a I'm a huge believer in term limits. You should not be able to be in any job for more than two terms. You should win two elections, get out. Go do another job. Go, go. You're a senator. You didn't did that for 12 years. Six plus six. Run for president. Run for governor of your state. Run for something. You've been a representative for four years. All right, run for senator. Term limits, two terms. That's it. Put new blood, new money, and new ideas into these places. You shouldn't, nobody should, there's no politician in America that has sat in Washington for 30, 35 years and did good for 30 or 35 years. When I say good, impact and change every day when they go to work. You just can't do it. You get bought out by the lobbyists, the special interest groups buy you out. The people that are giving money to your campaigns buy you out. You're not worried about me on Main Street no more. So what I'm saying is, if you already know it's two terms, do the right thing to represent your people, your constituents. You, you don't work for Trump, you work for me. You work for those people that look like me, that work like me, that live where I live. Last time I checked my check stuff, they took out federal and state taxes. Trump, Trump talking about tax holiday, I hope we, we get it. But uh, they taking out taxes, I'm paying you. You work for me. So what I'm saying is, it shouldn't even be a conflict here about who Trump can get to get down or lay down. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is people that talk about it. It's one way to do it. You do it right. What's in favor of those people that go in that ballot box and push your name and put you in that damn seat? What's the best interest of this? That's the only thing as a politician I want to wake up and say every morning. If I was a politician. Are the actions I'm taking today. Representing the people on Main Street. And, the, and what I'm telling you. These people we talked about. The Lindsey Grahams. And people like that. The answer is. Hell no. Time for them to go. Because you're not representing me no more. And I'd be remiss if I didn't speak about one more senator. Oh, the senator lady from Maine, Susan Collins. The whole, if you remember the whole impeachment, she was saying, yeah, we need witnesses. Yeah, we need this. Yeah, we need that. 
when she took her ass back to Maine and started talking to them people in Maine, and them people said, leave Trump alone and you may not get reelected, that lady changed her tune, did not vote for witnesses in the impeachment trial, and did not vote to remove Donald Trump. Who voted to remove Donald Trump? I think it was just one person, Mitt Romney. One who his political life is not hitched to Donald Trump. Susan Collins was talking all that shit on the Sunday rounds. You know, Sunday, Sunday political talk shows sounding good. But boy, when it came down to hit that damn button. Oh no, a couple days before she said, well... I'm not going to vote to remove from office because I know we're not going to have enough. So I don't want to be the one hanging out there to dry when I already know what the outcome going to be. So what you're telling me is I know what I should do, but I know the boss not going to jail. He's not getting removed from office. And that means what happened? When the powerful man don't get in trouble when he beat the trial, what happened? What happened to the people on the street? They understand. Anytime you just flee the trial, you beat the rap. What you do? You get powerful. Cause you done with that. Oh, now I'm about to put this grip a little tighter around that goddamn neck of yours. She ain't want that. But what I'm saying when when you're making those type of de- decisions with. You have already said what's right, but you decided to do what's wrong. You have just forfeited your opportunity and your privilege to represent the people of Maine and thus represent the people of the United States of America. Thus, I hope they vote them motherfucking ass out of office. Huh? You hear me? Okay. So... Man, you know, um, how you see it? How you see Trump's, um, a hold on the Republican Party and conservative people? Conservative, you know, ideology. Let me know. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just the way I see it, man. I always do the right thing. My grandma always used to say, do the right thing even, 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 even when it's, un- even when it's uncomfortable. Even, even when you know you're going to pay the price for doing the right thing, do the right thing. My grandma used to say, the Lord knows all, and he's going to settle all debts and all scores. You, you do, you do, you do what's right. Especially when the decisions, y'all always hear me say this, the decisions you make affect the lives of people that, that, Entrusted you with their voices. I can't go up there and talk on the cap on the on the floor on the Capitol Hill. You know, on Capitol Hill on the floor, I can't go talk. But I can send my representatives, my senators, tell them what I need, and they folks to go voice my opinions on that floor. That's what I pay them to do. So what I'm saying, GOP, the grand old party, get in line, do what the heck y'all need to do, 
And, man, they try to turn this thing around. 